Forget about it. <laughs> New York thing. <laughs> Greetings and welcome to the Meet Us in Paris podcast. It's the podcast about all things travel, be it food, what to pack for your next trip, or your next exotic destination. And I'm Kristen, and if you haven't guessed already, we're going to be talking about New York City, or specifically day trips outside of New York City. And along for the ride with me in this cab is Zen with his bagel and schmear. It's a it's a yellow cab, right? So it has <laughs> anyways, to be, yes. what kind yeah, of bagel has, and schmear do you have? You know, I think I have a um, I have an onion, and uh, you know, I usually like a, just a regular schmear, but I want to have a little lox on it. Oh yes, yes. lox, a few capers, and like a and a um, purple onion shavings. That's awesome. Ugh. I always like the scallion cream cheese, the scallion schmear. Oh, that's so like good green too. Onions. Mm. Thank you for that. Yeah. I, this was delicious. So <laughs> if you didn't know, New York City is the most visited place in the United States. In a typical year, over 10 million people visit the Big Apple. And while there are a ton of things to do there, after all we dedicated a full hour podcast to it, there are an equal number of interesting things to do off the island. And as usual, we've suggested a few for you. From quaint towns to scenic hiking trails, wineries, and historic landmarks will be your personal tour guides, sharing stories and insights along the way. So pack your bags and get ready to explore the hidden gems that await just beyond the city limits on Meet Us in Paris. Meet Us in Paris is sponsored by the University of California, Irvine Division of Continuing Education. Do you have an educational goal? At UCI DCE, we're here to help. With over 60 certificate programs available, we've helped over a quarter million students reach their goals, and we can help you reach yours too. You can find us at ce.uci.edu. Dream big, take risks, be amazing. Okay, I'm gonna go. That was a really nice introduction. I hope one of us has wineries or hiking trails because I don't. Yeah, I don't either. So, okay. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna start out. Okay, and 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 here I think you'll really enjoy mine because I I have one place I've actually been to and one place I haven't been to but want to go to or places I want to go to. Um, okay. I like doing this because I can talk about places I've been, but also the things that I've researched for my next trip where I want to go. So mine is TV and movie based. Um, oh, locations. okay. So my first location is mystic Connecticut. Have you been to mystic? I have not. Okay. So uh, mystic I Connecticut. Have... Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It's okay. No, a mystic. Yeah. It's a coastal town located on the Mystic River. It's a few hours drive from New York City, and it's very rich with history and a range of attractions. Um, they have everything from out for outdoor enthusiasts to history and movie buffs. Okay, so now here are the three major things you can do. Okay, so the first one is they have a seaport museum, and you got to go check this out if you like... Um, if you like old boats and stuff like that, this is the place to go check it out. They have a bunch of historic ships, including the last wooden whaling ship. They also can visit a old, you can visit an old historical shipyard. 
And the craftsmen are still building things um, to build and repair wooden boats in the old traditional way. So that I think is really cool. It's like you get to see how things are built. And then um, they have a lot of different exhibits and programs. Go check it out. The second one is you can go visit the Mystic Aquarium. The aquarium is another gorgeous place. You can go see the award-winning aquarium, and they have a bunch of marine life, beluga whales, penguins, sea lions, etc., etc., etc. I don't know how to explain an aquarium more than it's a nice aquarium. <laughs> go check it out. Nice. Um, and, and then the last one, so this deals with the movie, is they have a downtown Mystic um, it's just like an old old town with local shops and restaurants. But one of the things talking about, I mean, oh, by the way, a lot of 18th century village with specialty shops and stuff like that. So it's an old timey area. But what they're famous for is something called Mystic Pizza. Yes, I was waiting for it. <laughs> Okay, Mystic Pizza is a coming-of-age film that was released in uh, 1988, and this has has had um, Julia Roberts, Annabelle Gish, and Lily Taylor. And so this is some of their earliest roles. I think this might be Julia Roberts' breakout role. And it tells about kind of like the story of three young women who work in a pizza parlor in Mystic, Connecticut. And um, if you go to see... Mystic Pizza, it's a real place. The author was living nearby, decided to write the story. The They filmed on the outside, but they didn't film on the inside. So later on, when they renovated this pizza parlor, they actually renovated it to look like the movies inside of the, inside of the movie's uh, pizza parlor. Interesting. Yeah. You know what? That's just like, um, are you a fan of Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I I have not seen it, but I'm aware of it. Okay. So um, it's essentially, yes, basically fake. However, people, I think, go there looking for um, their uh, Patty's Pub so much that the, um, I think at least two of the stars of the show, they bought a place and created Max Tavern. And so you can now go into this bar in Philadelphia and they have tons of their stuff everywhere like they have like personal photos everywhere and so it's somewhere you can go and get a taste of always sunny but it's really not filmed in philadelphia at all which is really <laughs> well, sad it, so. it's just like cheers in boston right so, yeah um i think they there's a real building but the interior wasn't like that and i think they've built since built a few cheers bars so it kind of looks okay. like it okay but it's the exact same thing so yeah, and um, you know, actually, speaking of New York, the the exterior shot they always do of Monica and Rachel's apartment, uh-huh. um, it's on Grove Street, I forget the cross street, but people will go there just to take a picture of the outside, and that's all they use, it's just an outside shot of the building and everything else is built on the studio in <laughs> California. So. Right, right. So, it's a uh, um, usual occurrence, so, I guess. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I got... Two more interesting factoids about Mystic Pizza. Yes, so please. Roger, okay, there, there, there are two people, two more people that you might have heard of that um, they were showcased, but this is before they were stars. Matt Damon was in the film. 
Yeah, wow. And the second one, he, yeah, I don't remember his role anymore. I mean, it's been a while since I watched a movie. But then the yeah. other person who was also in there was Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh. So both of those guys were in that film. And Roger Ebert at the time, so no one in the film at that time were stars. And Robert actually said, I have a feeling that Mystic Pizza may someday become known for the movie stars that showcased before they became stars. And it's absolutely true. It's wow. absolutely true. There's so many stars that came out of that movie. Yeah. I guess there's so. a reason he's such a revered film critic. He knows what he's talking about. Yep. Now, here's the second mystic. Um, here's the second mystic link because I said movies and television shows and all that type of stuff. Oh, that's right. Yes. Armistad. Armistad was also partially Amistad? filmed there. Oh. I'm sorry? Armistad. So, yes. Amistad, I'm sorry, Amistad yeah. was uh, it's a 1997 uh, historical drama film directed by S Steven Spielberg, and it was about the slave ship, and they um, actually filmed part of it there because of the port with all the old ships. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. So do you want me to do my second place, my second um, day trip thing back to back, or do you want to go for a while? Let's let's ping pong it. Okay, uh, ping pong it. Okay, falls back. So at you. yes, um, I don't know how many people know because you don't maybe associate this with New York City. But if you've ever heard of the Hamptons, does anyone know yeah. what the Hamptons are? I had heard of it. I knew it was like a yeah. fancy place. I knew rich people had houses there. I didn't know what it was. Um, I discovered when I was living in New York City what the Hamptons were, and it is essentially the very end of Long Island. So a little New York City geography for you. Um, New York City is made of five boroughs, and Manhattan is its own island. Bronx is actually part of the mainland United States. Staten Island is its own island. And Brooklyn and Queens are both on Long Island, which is an island huh. off of Manhattan, off of the the, um, the mainland United States. Now, on Long Island's very long and uh, huge, and at the very end, the very like northeastern tip of it, um, there are a bunch of towns essentially that end in Hampton, like Southampton, Bridgehampton, and these are collectively referred to as the Hamptons. It is a very well-to-do like beach town. However, it is super easy to get there from New York City, and it is a big destination for people. It's more of like a weekend trip. Um if you like had a few days, but people can definitely go there for the day and you really get a like quintessential East Coast beachy vibe. So you have like the um, the lighthouses and like that sand that has like kind of like the, the grass in it. <laughs> I'm not very technical about this, um, but you can get there in a day. Um, the beach is there and they have tons of like cute little shops and boardwalks. And in the summer, it's just like overrun with people escaping the city. So lots of like little food stalls, um, lots of people hanging out at the beach, different kinds of um, like events and festivals going on. And um, you can get there. Um, I believe the Long Island Railroad will get there 
get you there from New York City, but also a really popular and cheap way is by taking what's called the Hampton Jitney. Um, and the Jitney oh. is essentially a charter bus, but it's like specific <laughs> to the Hamptons. And so How you do can- you spell Jitney? I got to know. J-I-T-N-E-Y. Okay, that's such a strange word. Okay, sorry. Yeah, but it's like Please it's, proceed. <laughs> it's part it's part of like the New York City vocabulary, like um riding the jitney. And it's as far as I know, you only take it to the Hamptons. However, what's really bizarre is I was just in Montreal for work. And what's funny is my best friend from New York happened to be there too. And when we were in Quebec City, we saw a jitney. And we were both like, wait, what? What is a jitney? Do we hear that? We thought that was only for the Hamptons. So maybe they've branched out. Maybe a different tour company bought it. I don't know. I had to look this up while you were talking just because I had to know. A jitney is slang for a, a nickel. Oh, didn't know that. Okay. So it must have been originally back in the day, it cost a jitney to go on that. Uh, on the jitney? Bus. <laughs> so it's like, so they called it a jitney. I'm guessing. I'm I'm completely, yeah. completely guessing, but it, it seems to make sense. Okay. But this is like a specific company that will take you out to the Hamptons for pretty cheap. There's also what, when I was living there, this was about 10 years ago now, um, People would also take like the Chinatown buses. So um, Chinatown was known for having very, very cheap bus rides to a lot of local places like that. And so it was way cheap, but it it was a lot less um, of the amenities of the Jitney. Uh, But you have tons of opportunities for getting out to the Hamptons from the middle of New York City, from Manhattan. So super easy to do without a car or even having to Uber. And do you know what's great is that I was looking up some of the stuff in the Hamptons and one of them actually includes wine tasting. Oh, there we go. Thank God. So the Volfer Estate is one of the most popular vineyards in the Hamptons. Um, It's right between Southampton and East Hampton. Um, And so that's a place that you can go do a lot of wine tasting. Um, Otherwise, you can bike on the shoreline. There are beautiful accommodations and lodges. There is the Parish Art Museum, um, the Shinnecock Nation Cultural Center Museum, which is the... um, the local indigenous tribe, the Native Americans. Um, they have the Longhouse Reserve, um, which is a 16-acre reserve home to some of New York State's best sculptures. The Montauk Lighthouse. Montauk is a very, very, very end. It's almost like you're so far out. You're like past the Hamptons. you got Montauk there, but it's considered part of the Hamptons. Um, there is also... Um, let me find it. Where is it? A salt cave. So there's a Montauk salt cave, um, which you can do for relaxation. So they're believed to help with a myriad of health problems like stress and allergies. So it's a way people go there to relax and meditate and to see a different side of the Hamptons. Um, and you've nice. probably seen these featured in TV shows and movies. A lot of the like the New York City people, when they need to escape the city, they go to the Hamptons for the weekend. But more than just a lot of people like a lot of celebrities, you know, like have houses there, but it's also a place you can just go for the day. You can go for the weekend um, and get out of the city and get a nice like beachy experience, which otherwise the beach is not really a New York thing. So if you're going to New York, City, <laughs> you're not really going to find a beach, but if you can be there in very, very humid weather, especially in August, you will want to escape the city. Um, 
And do, going to the Hamptons is an easy, cheap way to do that. Very good. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I guess I'm back up. Um, you were, as I recall, you were a big fan of Downton Abbey. Is that right? No, not me. <laughs> it wasn't you? Oh, man. Oh, but you're big. Um, you love Britain, right? And the monarchy and all that type of stuff? Yeah. I mean, uh, my sister lives there. And yes, I have an unnatural obsession with uh, monarchies around the world. <laughs> Okay, maybe no, that's why I thought no, you liked Downton Abbey. I'm sure you would okay. think. I, I couldn't understand why someone would think that, but I've never watched it. Okay, okay. Well, either and or. There's a new television show called The Gilded Ages on HBO. And yeah. it is done by the guy who also did Downton Abbey. So this show was set in the 19th century during a period of economic growth and cultural change in the USA. And they called it Actually, it's just a term for it, the Gilded Age. So um, if you haven't had a chance to watch it, it's really kind of cool because it shows um, how the nouveau riche were trying to get into New York City, um, you know, in the upper ups, and the old money didn't like the new money. And then it's also talking about um, slaves or, or African-Americans trying to make their way up in New York City. It, it's just a very, very interesting drama looking mm-hmm. at different types of wealth, different types of classes in New York City at the time. Interesting. And Yeah, and if you see this, what's interesting is they were talking about, one of the big things about this is they were talking about you lived on a certain street and you had to build a house in a certain way to be considered rich. And some of the new money, it's like, oh, we want to make them slightly different and we want people to come see our new homes, but they weren't accepted by the wealthy elite, um, old wealthy elite. Anyways, so it's all about talking about the homes. So during this period of time of economic growth, there's a lot of different families who built a lot of huge homes And they were to the size that they were essentially um, non-royalty castles um, as symbols of their wealth. And so they were inspired by European architecture and had all sorts of, you know, Gothic Renaissance Baroque styles. Mm -hmm. Um, If you've ever chance to go see them, they're amazing. There's these huge mansions or castles on the cliffs that they had they had like carriages and and it's just amazing you um you gotta see it with secret passageways you know the as a kid i would just remember going to these castles and going why do we have castles in here we don't in the united states we don't have monarchy but it was just the rich building these beautiful homes and then carriages with horses and whatever whatever so what i you can see where I'm going with this is that I want to talk about the castles that are outside New York city. Okay. Yes. So the first most famous castle of the Gilded Age probably is the Biltmore estate in North Carolina. That's about a two hour drive. It was built by George Vanderbilt in the late 1800s and it has a 250 rooms. Wow. (laughs) And it has an, it has a four acre winter garden they say at a bowling alley, a library with over 10,000 books um, and just huge. They say it's a four acre indoor winter garden, which I 
I don't recall this part, but essentially it must be like a greenhouse. But four acre greenhouse. Holy wow. smokes. Yeah. And they had their winery and a dairy farm. I guess here's my wine part, right? <laughs> so that's the first one. The second one is the Bolt B-O-L-D-T Castle. And this is a six-hour drive. In New York, built by the mag- hotel magnet George Bolt as a tribute to his wife, it has a blend of Gothic and Romanesque architecture, and it has only a piddling 120 rooms. But it does oh, have a drawbridge. Yeah. <laughs> and it had its own, um, what do you call it, electricity. They, they generated their own electricity. So they had wow. their own power station. When was this so, built? Um, you know, I can't recall. But the Gilded Age is all around the 1800s, that, that period of time, 1800s, mm-hmm. um, early 1900s. Okay. Um, and for a long time, it was unfinished because his wife passed away, but it was restored and open to the public. This is another one is called The Breakers, which is 4.5, four and a half hours away from Rhode Island. Um, it's another one. Uh, this one was uh, another one built by the Vanderbilt family because their other estate wasn't enough. <laughs> and, oh my god! Right, so they they had one that had two hundred fifty rooms. This one's much more modest because it only had seventy rooms. Yes, <laughs> with a, a yeah, with a music room, a pipe organ, a dining room, a seat, a ceiling painted by the Parisian artist Jules Guerin. Um, and it's now considered a historical landmark and it's open f- to the public for tours. Um, and the last one is something called Oheka Castle in Huntington, New York. Uh, I think this is kind of funny because, you know, we're talking, uh, people don't get the sensation about how small the states are or how big the states are on the East Coast, mm-hmm. well, especially if you're mm-hmm. on the West Coast. But oh, I yeah. mentioned that um, the Biltmore Estate is two hours away from downtown New York State. But this is, uh, so that's in North Carolina. However, this castle uh, is uh, two hours and still in New York, is still in New York. <laughs> so um, it's kind of fun. North Carolina, you could go be there in two hours, but you also could stay in New York and drive two hours to this castle from downtown. Um, it's also funny because it's one of those rides where if you drive or you take a train, it's the same amount of, dis- uh, same amount of time. So, um, yeah, so this served as an inspiration for F. F. Scott Fitzgerald's novel, The Great Gatsby. So, really, yeah, so, um, and the Hearst Castle between the two of them, and um, so the Hearst Castle was built, of course, by uh, William Randolph Hearst. But the it has a um, mix of Mediterranean revival, Spanish revival and gothic revival styles so if you want again the sensation of the old rich and the nouveau rich and what it might be like to be living in at that time and you like this the television show the gilded age on hbo go check those out it's um it's just a fantastic fascinating chapter of american history yeah, you know, that's that's super interesting because obviously um, I'm a born and bred West Coaster and uh-huh. I get I get surprised about the East Coast um, 
to because everything for us here, like the oldest thing we have in California are like the missions, which were built in like the late 1800s right. and going to the East Coast. Like, I right. mean, Europeans were coming here six to 1600s. There are remnants of that. And New York City, especially where so much of like the country was built up, you did have these people coming and building old European style um, buildings. And I would forget about that and see them and see how old they were and be very like shocked. <laughs> Um, East Coast and West Coast, yeah. two different yeah. countries. Is concerned. Well, it's funny because I, I I collect antiques and collectibles, and in general, collectibles are considered twenty five years old. Antiques are a hundred years old, and in California, people, oh, this is an antique, and it's like that's at most fifty years old. And right. when you're on the East Coast, there's you know you can pick up things that are truly antiques that are over a hundred years old. Um, and it's very common, but in California, unless it was brought over here, there's not a lot of things, and, and especially things like Orange County. Orange County, for the most part, is well under a hundred, under a hundred, around a hundred years old. Totally now, not you know. So there's not a lot of antiques in Orange County. It's fine, hard to find a house older than fifty years old here. Right. So right. Right. Anywho. Yeah. Okay. All right, you're up. Um, so depending on how deep into some New York City like shows and movies you get, you may hear people talk about the Catskills. Um, I know actually um I've been watching the marvelous Mrs. Maisel and yeah. um yeah, she goes to the Catskills a lot for like the summers, like to camps and stuff like that. Um I, I, I did hear about the Catskills while I was there. This is a place that a lot of New Yorkers like to um, vacation. It's kind of like, you know, in winter or summer, take a weekend away, you go to the Catskills. It is sweeping landscapes. It is, um, it's nature. It's a way to get out of the city. Um, super accessible. A lot of things in New York City are that are nearby like this are very accessible. New York is our closest like <laughs> European counterpart as far as having good transportation. Um, so um, this is easy to visit either from like our train, the train systems, um, or a lot of times you can take buses. So there are like um, like a Jitney, but not the Jitney because it's not going to the Hamptons, uh, charter buses that can get you here. So um, the Catskills, it's the Catskills Mountains. People just refer to them as the Catskills. It's actually um, kind of like a, a it's a, like a whole geographic area, province, um, that's actually a part of the Appalachian Mountain Range, um, but they get pretty low, I think, when they get into southeastern New York because that's kind of where they end. Um, but it has uh, a 700,000 acre forest preserve, um, that's protected under New York law. So there is a lot of just beautiful sweeping, like hills and, um, valleys and just lakes. And, and there's a lot of different like areas you can go to, to get out of the city and really see some of the, the like landscape of the United States right outside of New York. So it's a very like, you know, to see that what the East coast looks like outside of the city. Um, 
And there's a lot of different things going on there as far as like um, in the winter going to like ski resorts there um, or going up to like the river, like the Hudson River comes down from there from I think one of the Great Lakes. So um, people do a lot of like summer river trips. Um, and again, they have a lot of like summer camps there. And actually, um, Woodstock, the famous Woodstock, that's actually considered part of the Catskills. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it's like part of that like geographic province, I guess you could say. So um, tons of day, multi-day trips with lodging opportunities. It probably take just a quick search to find something in the Catskills to get to get out of the city with. Um, but and I think I lost like my little bookmark that I had. But uh, <laughs> and so you can actually visit the where the Woodstock Festival happened, um, the Bethel Wood Center for the Arts. Although I mean I think it's there's not really much to see there at this point because they kind of just set up the festival for the show or whatever. Um, but I think they still might have a pavilion stage amphitheater there. But um, Beautiful regional landscape just outside the city if you wanted to get out and see what it looked like. Um, and there's also like a lot of really cool like kind of hippie mountain towns. Um, one of them in particular called New Paltz. And you may have heard of them because there's a SUNY New Paltz. That's one of the state universities of New York. So it's kind of a little bit of a college town as well. But it's really um, unique in that it's like stunning mountains and farmland around it. Um, and so you can find a lot of outdoor adventures and also a lot of stuff in the smaller city. So within New Paltz. So there's a lot of art, music and food in the city. And then you're really close to um, the outdoors nearby. So um, people hike and fish and go camping. Um, apparently it's home to several wineries. <laughs> so <laughs> I put on the wineries and I realized um, as well as breweries, cider houses and distilleries. Um, and you can hike in, you can hike in the wineries. So we're covered. Yeah. So got it all there. So. <laughs> and it's, um, it's super easy to take the train to the Metro North, which you can catch from Grand Central Terminal um, or the Amtrak to Poughkeepsie. And, but then you do have to get like a ride share for the last 11 miles to New Paltz um, or take the Trailways bus from Port Authority to New Paltz all the way. Um, but it's a very popular destination. It's super easy to get there. You would be able to get there. No problem. Um, and yeah, that's a great, easy way to get out of the city. If that's like when I go places and I'm like, I okay, but I want to see what it's like around here. I need to get out of the city just for a day. I want to see what the landscape looks like. I want to see how, quote unquote, real people live. Uh, the Catskills is an easy way to do that out of New York. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Yes. Um, you have anything else or any honorable mentions? I'm actually out. You know, I was looking into, uh, you know, cold spring a little bit but you know it's yeah. where um, west point military um, oh, right. academy is yes. um, and they have you know apparently a really beautiful downtown area but it just didn't seem as interesting to me as castles right yeah. <laughs> no, that's and mystic which is super cool right yeah but if you wanted to get out for a day you could honestly go so um 
New York's main, like the city's main train hubs. So you've got Grand Central Station, you have Pennsylvania Station and Port Authority, and these kind of take different trajectories. But you could really go to any one of them, just go to the station and look at the map and pick somewhere to go outside of the city and get there from the train and get back on the train super easy within a day. Um, And that's where you would probably go and you could see, oh, I could go up to West Point or I can go out to Jersey a little bit or go to the Hamptons. Um, New York City is super accessible, easy for even a solo traveler, for families. Um, But I could understand New York City itself has so much to do. You need a lot of time to do everything there. So I can understand why people spend all their time in the city and don't get out much. But if it's like your second or third trip, totally worth it to kind of explore a little bit nearby. Right. I mean, and the other part was I was really, really trying hard. I mean, because the easy way out is to go to Philadelphia, right? (laughs) Sure. Yeah. I mean, because Philadelphia is not that far. I think it's about two hours to Philadelphia. And but that's a whole new city with a whole bunch of new places to go to, you know? And, And and it's not. I mean, it is about an eight-hour road trip, I would guess. But, um, I mean, you could be in... No, no, it's, super, it's like a two-hour road trip as well. Yeah, well, you could be in Montreal as in like eight hours. Right, you know, but... There's so many places. Yeah, yes, yes. That's it not is a day the, trip. The, no, but the, um, the East Coast, there's a lot that's all sandwiched close together. So, I mean, honestly, if you were like doing a summer in New York, you would definitely be able to fit in via train or by some of the really quick um, charter buses. You could get to Philadelphia, you could get to Baltimore, you could get to Washington, D.C., you could get to Boston. You could do all of that for like some of them a day trip, some of them like a weekend trip. But right, like you said, you would want to do New York and that area right first, probably before you went into Philadelphia or Boston, which are its own huge metropolitan. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I mean, just just within five hours, you could be in Portland, Maine. You could be in um, you could be Boston. You could be in Pittsburgh. You could be in Philadelphia. You could be in Washington D.C. And those are all within like a five six hour trip, you know. So there's right. so many places, but that was cheating. So yeah, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> no well, Philadelphia. Got... No Philadelphia. Yep. Oh well, if you want, depends how long you have. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Cool. Well. Thanks for tuning in to our New York City Day Trips episode. We hope that you guys had as much fun as we did. What do you guys think? Contact us on our social media channels where you can find photos of our adventures from around the world, interesting articles, and more. Also, if you're newer to our podcast, be sure to listen to our podcast where we talk about New York coffee curiosities. There we talk about New York coffee cups and coffee that originated from the city. Meet Us in Paris is the University of California, Irvine, Division of Continuing Education Production. If you need a career boost, looking to increase your workplace knowledge, or seeking a new profession, check them out at ce.uci.edu for their professional courses. And thanks again for tuning in. Bye. Bye. Bye.